Chad Prather rose to internet fandom as the man who's unapologetically Southern. Heath Oaks is a published author who failed his way to success. Together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only a Southern Spitfire and a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with Chad Prather and Heath Oaks. Let me explain to you the way things work in Texas with the weather. I walked out of my house this morning, and the wind had blown a fence slat off of my backyard fence, and the nails from the fence slat, two nails, had stuck into my tire all the way through. It had blown that fence into my tire. So I came out to uh, two holes in the tires. That kind of morning, folks. Welcome to Second Shot. We're going to turn it around in this episode. Hope you're not having that kind of damn sitting next to my buddy Heath Oaks. How's your, how'd your day start out? I can't complain at all, man. Nobody <laughs> listens to me anyway, so I just might as well keep it to myself. It's been a good one. Every, exactly. every day is a good day you wake up. I know. Don't you agree? Every day above good uh, ground is a good day. I'd right. rather be here than there. We still got producer uh, Zach here. And hey. And we got Kristen's voice, but Kristen is yeah. still out on maternity leave. Yes. We miss you, Kristen. Hope you've been we, listening. We, we almost have a Kristen. We have intern Chris in yeah. here. Yes. So, yeah. We got, we got half the He's half hanging out. He's away from the microphone right now. He's over there doing intern things. Yes. So uh, glad to have him in the studio. And boy, it has been just busy, busy, busy. I have been all over the globe and having fun doing that. And you have just been taking over the world. Well, it's coming two weeks up. For my babies, do yeah, getting everything prepared, mm. all the extra work things, trying to get everything lined out. If Jenny goes, uh, I got the baby can't come next week. I got to do another video, <laughs> um, a, a, a voiceover for a package she's got to do and yeah. get done beforehand. I'm like, well, hun, I, I don't think we really have that option to tell her to hold on or not. So when <laughs> no. she comes, she's coming. Right. The time. Oh, you went to this past Sunday. You went to the birthing class. You had to do eight the eight-hour hour birthing oh, yeah. class. Yes. That happened. It was so exciting. I cannot <laughs> explain. Fantastic. I'm think. I'm not even expecting a baby, and I'm thinking about going and taking the class because yeah. I heard it was so fun. So it's thrilling beyond thrilling. I can't even put words <laughs> to describe it. Uh, it. It wasn't that bad. I mean it. It was all day sitting in very uncomfortable chairs, going through yeah. all the stuff. But you know, learned a lot. Women are tough. Women are tough. And speaking of tough women, you got a headline that uh, talks about one very, very special, tough, enduring woman. Yeah, President Trump went to congratulate astronaut Peggy Whitson, I think, uh, Whitson Watson, on record-breaking time in space. Yeah, like she is spent 534 days, two hours, 49 minutes. She was the first woman to command ISS in 2008, and she did it twice. At 57 years old, she was the oldest woman to go into space. In 1980s, she began her career with NASA. Do you ever sit there when you were a kid and say, well, I want to be an astronaut? Did that ever cross your mind? I know a lot of kids do that. I don't know. I mean, I I wanted to be a Power Ranger. (laughs) (laughs) So bad. Yeah. I uh, did you did you think you ever have you the know, desire to go yeah, into space? I wanted to be an astronaut uh, right around then, uh, right as I was getting out of that phase. I think uh, my parents took me to see Armageddon, yeah. and that knocked me totally off it. Yeah. <laughs> that now, scared me. I, I never had a desire to do anything like that. First of all, now hats off to Peggy and congratulations. But I I get a little stir crazy sitting in this room with you guys for thirty minutes. <laughs> I don't want to be in a space capsule for five hundred and thirty four days. You want to talk about uh, that's not good for my ADD. But how cool would it be to say you were up there and got yeah. to see? I mean, that would be so interesting. I mean, think back to the, this I'd woman. It look great on your Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> swipe right, swipe left. Um, think back to it, 1980s when she started a career with NASA. Yeah. 
I have a feeling in 1980s women were not looked at the same way they are today. I can where, assure you they were not. Where a lot more today, you know, women are just seen just as equal. I know some women say it's not as much and, yeah. and, and whatnot, but I can guarantee you in 2017 it's much more seen as an equal than 1980s and that for her to go in, you know, I would I would love to interview her to find out what her thought process was going back then, but I have a feeling somebody's achieved what she did. Yeah. She knew what she was wanting to try to do, and then she spent, you know, all this time and space. But I guarantee you, when she started in the 1980s, how many people you thought no. told her she was crazy? I actually remember when Sally Ride was the first American woman into space. So, I mean, that, that happened, and I remember that. So, no, it is a different world. And so with these debates that go on today about equality for women and things like that, I, I'm going to tell you, you don't, I don't challenge women because women are tough. Mm. Women are tough, and they'll prove it to you over and over again. Look, I'm a guy with a wife. Giving birth. Three, <laughs> wife, three daughters, and I'll tell you, I'm always amazed at their sense of accomplishment, their drive, their focus. Uh, it is way beyond my capability of doing that. So, you know, with something like that, here's somebody who, okay, let's let's say you're not going to go into space. You're going to stay right here on terra firma, and you are, you know, you are in a world that, hey, maybe the world is against you. Maybe it's not an easy place for you to succeed, but... I always say you got to hang in there like a hair in a biscuit, man. You got to you got to keep <laughs> enduring and hold on and persevere and that's the kind of thing that gives you that notoriety. So here just, you know, 30 years ago, a little more, we didn't even have women in space and now here's a woman who has set the record records about being in space. And the impossible is only impossible because somebody hasn't done it. Exactly. Would you agree? Exactly. And, and, and I hate that whole, well, look around and see what others is doing. No, just set your own pace. Set right. your set your own record. You go back to the four-minute mile. Exactly. That is talked about a lot because the four-minute mile was something that nobody could ever get done, right? right? The, the scientists said it's physically impossible back then. Mm, yeah. They did the test. They did everything. The four-minute mile was not only somebody just figuratively saying impossible. They, right. Scientists said Factual data says this is physically impossible. Right. Well, when I think it was Roger Bannister, Roger who Bannister. broke the four-minute mile, when he broke, so at this point, nobody had ever done it. Mm. Roger Bannister breaks the four-minute mile, and within the next two months, I think 10 or so people broke right. the four-minute mile. <laughs> exactly. When, when, when two months before, it was physically impossible right. from scientists. Exactly. Yeah, he did it in 1954, and since then, since then, over 24,000 people have broken the four-minute mile. So that right there, I mean, think, think of all of the athletics that has happened in all of human history. Go back to the Greek Olympics, and it wasn't done. And then here comes Roger Bannister, and since 1954, 24,000 people have done it since then because he said, you can do it. And not just, the, I mean, like right after it, like a week after somebody else did it. <laughs> like it's amazing it's, how, it's, how that happens. And and I go back to the – on on – on my end, I just have had my own personal revelation of going through where um, I kind of shot up really fast at yeah. 19, started and kind of really went from where, where I was with, with no guidance, no nothing really, and then shot up really quick. Right. Back then, what my dreams were, you know, I didn't have, I didn't see a lot of other things to where my dreams were limited. I didn't know I was limiting them. I just yeah. didn't know. And I was asked on a podcast on, 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 that I was interviewed on, if I could go back and tell my 19-year-old self something, what would it be? I had never thought about it, but what instantly came out of my mouth was dream bigger. Yeah. Because what happened, I stalled out and yeah. kind of plateaued at a level for a couple of years because I didn't, I couldn't, it was just like my dream board. I put the little bitty jet plane on my dream board. 
Yeah. Why wouldn't I just put the big one? You know why? Right. Because I thought that that was about all I, I would be able to afford that is a smaller attainable. jet. Yeah. But you got to 10x everything, like Grant Cardone says, 10x it. You got to think bigger, way bigger, and understand that it's only impossible because somebody has not done it yet. Yeah. My biggest pet peeve is for someone to tell me you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> for, don't ever, don't ever tell me that. So uh, we're sitting here standing at our buddy Craig Miller's uh, shirt, Fusic. Yeah. that they've got. It's F E W S I C. Um, and it is for everyone who said I couldn't yeah. is what it means. And so he's got a few sick on Facebook and all that. And you can go buy shirts. It's cool. But that's funny. We bring that up when we're staring at few which is for and, everyone who said I couldn't. And Craig texted me this morning. He said, let's take over the world. And I said, that's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and I, I would go back to it when I, we've said in previous podcasts, who's sitting at your table? Mm-hmm. Are they encouraging your 10 X yeah. or are they not encouraging yeah. it? And, and dream as big as you possibly can. I mean, and right. this is me preaching to myself because I got to change out that little jet on my dream board to a massive one. Yeah. I got to think bigger. Bigger. Because the bigger I think, the more you're going to get. I would yeah. much, nothing is worse than shooting for the star, you know, and I would rather shoot for the moon and land on the stars than shoot for the stars <laughs> and actually land on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> shoot for the big thing. And if you yeah. miss it, you're going to be a lot better off than not. Yeah. Nothing's worse than hitting a poor goal and actually hitting the poor goal. Yeah. Go out there, do the impossible, do the thing that the people tell you that you cannot do. I'm living proof of that. I'm doing it every day. And boy, it sure is fun. Yep. It sure is and then, fun. So. And then you'll be able to give, get your t-shirt that says Fusick for everyone who said I could. <laughs> exactly. So congratulations to Interplanet Peggy. She did a great job at, yep. and when everybody didn't think she could. Hats off to you. Absolutely. So we're going to come right back to a second segment. We're going to be right here on Second Shot. He likes cowboy hats and boots. And he's a suit and tie kind of guy. Chad Prather and Heath Oaks host more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. To all of my friends in the great state of Texas, if you would like to cut your power bill in half tomorrow, go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code WATCHCHAD. I will tell you that I have saved over 65% on my first year using energyogre.com. They do all the work for you, and they save you money at the same time so you never have to worry about it again. Again, go to energyogre.com, promo code WATCHCHAD, and save some money. Ready, aim, fire. Second Shot is back for another round on the Real News Communications Network. Have you ever in business, in life, um, in any personal situation just thought to yourself, I have no idea where I am, I have no idea what I'm doing, I feel like I'm way off track, uh, I'm totally lost. And Now I know you're a driven person, I'm a driven person, and I know we tend to not remember those times because we choose not to think of those times but can you recall a time when you're just like well i'm way off track on this oh absolutely it happens all the time how many times with everything you've got going yeah. on do you go i know there's all kinds of things that i've let the ball drop yeah. i have no idea what's going on where it's at and yeah. you get a little overwhelmed with it and yeah. and then but then on another instance where you you know that you're heading in direction you right. just don't feel good about it and and you got to turn around i uh i always try to bring up in my mind, you know, an Abraham Lincoln who failed over and over and over politically before he became president of the United States, or a, or an Edison who, um, you know, was trying to create a light bulb and 
failed thousands of times and to him he just knew what didn't work yeah you know and so it wasn't yeah i wasn't he wasn't lost he just said okay now i know another direction to go well this kind of happened <laughs> with this guy in scotland this guy went surfing he went surfing and this is an odd, i'm out odd on story. i don't like shocks <laughs> i'm not a huge fan i'm not a huge fan of being in the water i think we've talked about this. i want to sit next to it i like to be by it i like to be on it i don't want to be in it yep. but this guy surfer found alive after 32 hours at sea off scotland's coast first of all i it's hard for me to believe that a surfer who they don't go out very far yeah got lost at sea he wasn't in a boat he wasn't in a vessel uh, he was on a surfboard. So he just was leaving the beach and surfing and like normal and just took him out? Apparently, Riptide just sucked him right out into the ocean. Another reason why you're not going to find me exactly. in the ocean. There's First of all, there's all these things living in that it. You can't I, don't see. Want, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want anything to do with it. I go in about knee deep, and that's good. And even then, I've been stung by a Portuguese man of war, so I'm not a fan. But then, How did he survive? So he was out there in 46-degree weather. They said by all intents and purposes, he should have been dead, hypothermia, and among, among other things. They had given up hope, honestly, in finding him, but they did find him. He was actually alive well, and when they pulled him in, they said that it was his preparedness that saved his life. He had on a neoprene suit. He still had a surfboard that he was floating on. Uh, but the neoprene suit not only helped keep him afloat, but it kept him warm. The preparedness kept him alive. Because a lot of surfers just go out in maybe their shorts because yeah. they just think it'll be a quick surf wow. or whatever. And this guy went out in his full-off gear no matter what. Yeah. Even if it was going to be one little turn, he just still was fully clothed. Now, to me, the, the concept of being lost at sea, that is, the, that is the ultimate in being isolated and lost. Absolutely. I mean, you're out there. The sea is a big place. Get on a boat sometime or go fly over it. It's a huge, huge place. Uh, but to be out there sitting on a small surfboard in the middle of the ocean I, I can't imagine anything more now the thing is a lot of times in life we get pulled out too we got pulled it we get pulled I, man it's happened to me over and over i get pulled into a situation that just really gets deadly and dangerous yep. and it's like this is not my path this is not where i need to be this is certainly not where i started my day this is not the intention i had it to go but how do you pull yourself out of that and again it comes down to how prepared are you for whatever comes your way yeah, because you, you could easily freak out and 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 do all and waste your you waste everything that you've got built up in your body. But if you weren't prepared yeah. for the potential of it, because you think, oh, I'm just going to go surf. Yeah. But prepared for the worst, and when the worst happens, you're prepared and you stay alive. Well, let's make it practical. You're in the insurance business. Yep. You're in the insurance business. You you build your career off of preparedness. Yep. That person that says, oh, well, that'll never happen to me, and then all of a sudden it does, and you did not have the policy yep. to take care of your family to take care of your livelihood to replace and and people all the time they think ah, it's not going to happen to me but yet it happens it happens all of the time but it also being prepared for when the good comes see that's the yep. funny thing that people don't ever think about they they just will think about whenever the bad comes but i'll tell you everybody that'll always talk about being lucky mm -hmm. oh you're so lucky yeah let sure. me tell you you have to be prepared for when the luck comes your way to be able to take it um, the South Carolina Gamecocks head coach, I'm, I'm going blank on his on his uh, name, but a couple years back he won back-to-back -back World Series titles mm -hmm. and, and things of that nature. And after he, he spoke to us in, in where our headquarters, Colonial House headquarters in Columbia, and so he spoke to us, and he said that after he won his first one, you know, it was so funny because all the questions were different. You know, now he's looked right. at his, you know, before he was a good coach, now he's like looked at his a Hall of Fame greatest ever, right? Yeah. And one of the reporters asked said, after all these years, because he's like eight, nine years there and, and never got there, and then all of a sudden, boom, boom, mm -hmm. right? He said uh, the, the reporters were asking him, what, what changed? He goes, 
Nothing changed. We prepared the exact same way every year that we have. What changed is is the ball will always yeah. bounce your way or not bounce your way. Right. The problem is is if you prepare like the ball's going to bounce your way, when the ball when the ball bounced bounced our way, we were prepared right. to take that ball to the next level. So it it whenever people will see that one ball bounce that perfect way in that person's mm-hmm. glove where it was kind of crazy, go oh that was so lucky, <laughs> but no they prepared for that. Yeah. That's people just want to hang on to this luck thing because they want to always um, feel bad, you know, try to make others feel like they're out of the reach of what they can do. But yet yeah. they were prepared for it. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, and I want everybody to listen real close to what I'm going to say. I hate the word luck. Yeah, I, I despise it. First of all, it's a mathematical non-entity. It, it's like trying to gamble on a hole in one. Yep. You can't do it. It that is, it, you can't. There's no probability to it. There's nothing that you can't look at it mathematically and say, okay, this equation dictates that this should happen. Now, um, it, it may happen. It may not happen. You can't bet your life on it. So, I don't believe in luck. I believe in preparation. My high school baseball coach had a huge, huge uh, Gerald Barnes. He had a huge influence on my life. He used to make us, we were the most, we won state championships. We did a lot of things at our high school. We were always consistently very, very good. We were there in the end. And let me tell you why. Because he used to push us. We were the most in-shape baseball team in the area. We, he always made us do endurance running. First two weeks of baseball practice, starting in late January, early February of every season, he said, don't even bring your glove to practice because we're not doing baseball. We're going to get on the track. And we, I asked him uh, a long time after that, I said, why did you always make us run that many miles? He said, because the mile dictates who's going to be there in the end. Who's going to finish? He said, champions win the final game of the season. Yep. And so I want to know who is going to finish, who's going to endure, who's going to persevere. And I'll tell you, that kind of preparation, whenever the things get hard, you're the guy that's still going to be there. Well, it's funny. People may go, well, Heath, you wrote a book on ignorance on fire, and now you're trying <laughs> to tell us to be prepared, right? Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you what I was prepared for. I was prepared for the tough times. Right. That was it. I was not prepared for my – it doesn't mean – you have to be prepared with your perfect accounting system in place, your perfect website up, and all these things. Yeah. Being prepared, there's a different type of preparedness depending on where you are right. in your journey of what you're trying to achieve. Right. You know, going into a marriage, be prepared for it's not going to be roses. You yeah. have to make, you have to meet in the middle. You have to make it be, be prepared for whatever you're trying to achieve. And if you want to start a business, be prepared for the rocky road. Right. And I get sick. I get told I'm lucky more than anybody else. I'm all. Oh, but I do it, too. What's funny is, is the same people who were telling me to get a real job when I was broke. Yeah. Are the same people telling me I'm so lucky. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, you got we, that right, buddy. Do we not recall the aspect of when yeah. I was flat broke, sleeping yeah. on couches, yeah. and lost everything, had to do it all over again? Yeah. But do. Was that luck? Oh, I was so lucky to get sleep on them couches. I, I have been practicing what I do for 40 years. I mean, in 40 years. And they'll say you oh, just had that one it, viral it, video. It, it, yeah, I know. And then so, for, you know, people always ask me all the time. They're like, oh, you remember you did this video, man, and you said this and you said this. How in the world did you think like that and get those words to come out so fast? How did you communicate that? Oh, that must have been so, so difficult. No, no, I prepared for 40 years. Yep. And then at the age of 40, all of a sudden things began to take traction. And people say, well, you're an overnight success. And How many people would have given up before you? They would have. Majority. I, I used to, I've told you this story. I used to drive past these billboards and I would see these guys that are doing, you know, on the news, news anchors and these guys and, and these guys that are talking heads and, and they're making all this money and these guys that are in Hollywood doing this stuff. And I'm like, I can do that. I can do that. Um, I know I got the same ability to do that. And yet it took me 
a lot of yeah, years. Yeah, but but the difference, there. Chad. There's a lot of people that will go, oh, I can do that, or I can because a lot will tell me too. They'll yeah. look at Heath, and go, oh, well, I can do that. Heath can. Difference is, is you actually were doing something right. to make your way forward with right. it. There's a lot that will sit there and talk about. Yeah, I can do that, but not making the moves. But at the end of the day, people that use luck is saying, well, that person's lucky. That's because you are a you're just a very down human being. I mean, you're yeah. you're you're trying to think <laughs> that other people have something you don't, and that they're just lucky and you're not. But they're putting themselves up there to swing the bat. You got to go yeah. stand at the plate and swing yeah. before you're going to hit it. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to stand in the batter's box all day long and just talk about that person hit a home run, there you might as well be in lucky. the stands. You Absolutely. might as well be watching. Absolutely. You might as well have a ticket to sit in a row. Hundred um, percent. You know, and thank God they found that surfer alive. Thank thank God he did prepare. And you know that's a very fortunate story. Uh, but don't live life with a lottery mentality. Yeah. I hope I hope I win today. Yeah. Nah, go out there and make yourself win. I agree. And uh, so anyway, that's fun. We're going to come back to a third segment. I got an idea I want to talk about, and I think uh, if I can talk Heath into it, we'll do it. So oh, stick around. Hey. One more one more uh, little break. We're coming back. Second shot. Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of second shot with Chad and Heath still to come. Hey everybody, it's Chad here, and if you know anything about me, you know that I read a lot of books, at least three to four a week, and there's one that I've read several times. It's by my buddy, Heath Oaks. It's called Ignorance on Fire, Failing Your Way to Success. If you want to have your life changed in your business, in your relationships, in the way you look at the world of success, you need to pick up Ignorance on Fire. Go to Amazon.com, buy the book, leave a review. I promise you, you're going to love it. Go get it today. Ignorance on Fire by Heath Oaks, Failing Your Way to Success. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot with Chad and Heath on RNCM. All right, so I got so motivated talking about luck and and preparedness and just getting ready and and, and just doing all these things. It just prompted me. I know normally we ask you to send in some, uh, you know, listener mail to uh, secondshotcast at gmail.com. We always encourage you to do that, and we're going to get to some of that. And share us. Share us with your friends. If you like it, you need to share us on your social media. Tell your friends about us. Yeah. We, you know, we don't come in. We don't get silly in here. We don't do that. I know a lot of times that people that listen to my stuff or come to a comedy show or whatever, they expect us to get silly and... But we don't. We we uh, I want to change people's lives. Yeah, I really do, and I think some of the stuff we put out here, if you'll apply it, it's going to make a difference. Because for point of fact, it's changed our lives, and this is the stuff that's made us successful. So, but here's the thing. Here's one of the things that's made me extremely successful, and I'm always thankful for it. And I want to pose the question out here: Who are your influencers? Who are the people that changed your life? That you are who you are today because that individual made a difference in your life. Well, I mean, there's. A- you, obviously, your parents growing up, you know, you, you sure. gather all that. But I'll get outside of that to go really kind of um, certain aha moments. There was mm-hmm. in my business world, and you know, starting off in business, there were really several different ones. Um, and I'll tell you the first one that really changed my life. And it's a very odd one, which was I got to see exactly what not to do. Right. One of the first people that ever got me in the insurance business was um, a scum. That did me really wrong. I was very ignorant. I was young, didn't know any better. And I lost everything I built and had to start all over again. I learned exactly what not to do. I learned that, um, I learned from that person that it's not all about money. That person was such a greedy person, the way they did things. And I learned that if you don't care about that person and you don't really care about people to build them, develop them, you lose a lot more because that person 
had a great thing going with me and a couple other people he found yeah. in the business we were in. And if he would have just sat back and done right by us, he would be making so much money. It's unreal. Yeah. But what he did was got really greedy and started taking, and all of us walked out at the same time where he was left with nothing hmm. because he stole from us yeah. and, and, and took from So he kept wanting more versus he could have literally sat there and done nothing. And so I learned from that bad experience mm -hmm. was greed can be very, very bad. And yeah. take a little and helping others is much greater. What about you? Well, that's an interesting perspective because you took some money that affected you negatively, but yet you took something positive out Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. And see, a it lot of times people don't think about that. You, people don't think a lot of, about stuff like that. Uh, for me, for me, uh, on a positive side, I my my mentor, my spiritual father, the guy that has influenced me, you know, beyond your parents, but the guy that's influenced me more than anybody else ever in my life is, is uh, a guy by the name of Wade Trimmer. He's in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, he was a pastor. Uh, he was actually the, really the only pastor I ever had growing up, and I worked for him some. Uh, I, he was a pastor of mine for you know thirty years, and so. That's unusual in this day and yep. age because pastors come and go and people switch churches and things like that. But this guy, uh, he uh, he's actually in Kenya right now today. He travels all over the world to this day. He retired from pastoring. He, he travels around. He trains leaders around the world. He's constantly out of the country doing that, working with indigenous folks. But he taught me how to think critically, mm -hmm. how to not receive something at face value, how to take the second shot and take a look at it and say, okay, let's look at this from another angle. He taught me, he gave me a passion for reading, gave me a passion for studying, and uh, even to this day, the guy reads five books a week. Wow. Um, you That's know, I, I still, to this day, read you know a couple of books, three books a week. And so it, it's, uh, it, Wade Trimmer, hands down, continues to influence me in the way I think. Yeah. You got anybody positive? Well, the very next person that came into my life was the person who brought me to Colonial Life, um, who, who come down and met with me. And I was a young person that was very, I'm a very hard-headed and stubborn person no. as it is. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, but I'm also, at this time, I'm on the ropes. My, 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 my um, guard is up at an all-time level because what just happened to me. Yeah. This guy comes in and almost looks, you know, this guy drove a Mercedes too, just like the other guy. This guy... Also wore a suit just like the mm -hmm. other guy. I mean, and he was an older guy. I mean, he literally had all the strikes against him. He come and sat down, and I was, he'll tell you to this day that that first time he met with me, walks in, and he sees this kid in this office sitting, because I was 19, 20, and sitting in his big chair and all that, and my arms crossed going, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing this. And I was just, yeah. and all he kept doing was asking me about my personal life, my family, my things I liked. Mm -hmm. He didn't talk about business, and I ended up letting my guard down, signed the contract colonial life that day. <laughs> And history's done. But what he taught me was he never got out in the field and taught me sales. Nothing of that. Right. What he taught me was the wisdom that I couldn't gain in 20 years over his 55, 60 years of dealing with people. He would take the time to call me when he dealt with issues to go, these were issues that came up, Heath, and here's how I handled it and here's why. A lot of things that I do even to this day came from um, – you know, the best thing I ever got with him in that point in my life is I was ignorance on fire to a T, mm -hmm. but I had no wisdom in dealing with people. I was so raw and he taught me and took the time to walk me through things he's done. And when it is and to this day, when somebody comes up and goes, hey, I need to tell you something, but you can't tell anybody. Right. It programmed in my mind is just so you understand, Chad, before you tell me anything, if it affects this organization in any which way, shape or form, understand I'll have to act on it. Right. Let me tell you, that's, that, will, that will save you so much time sure. in life, it's unreal, because now they don't bring it up. 
right. and because they don't want it told. And it gets you out of that weird situation that if somebody <laughs> tells you and you know you something you need to do about it, yeah. it, it ends that in a drastic way. And that's just one of the many things. But it was wisdom with dealing with people. What yeah. about what's your other one? You know, um, I, I had someone, I, that's interesting, I did have someone that I won't name, but uh, that affected me negatively, and I saw that greed, I saw that, uh, and, and I'll just say this, I'll just say this, because it capitalizes on both points you made there with the first and second person. Integrity gets you a long way. Mm-hmm. Integrity gets you a long way. Caring for people gets you a long way. You know, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say money is the root yep. of all evil. I have no problem with pursuing money. I have no problem with pr- prospering. Nothing's wrong with it. I don't have it. But when you love it to the point where it becomes your sole focus, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes that's a temptation in my life. you got to be careful. I, yes. can, I I'm a shrewd business person, and you start messing with the money, I, it starts because to me, I have a raw spot because this person who influenced me so negative. We we had uh, quite a bit of assets that were uh, at hand in this organization, and this guy was not interested in the betterment of the organization. He only wanted his quote fair share of what he felt he deserved out of it. What he deserved out of it was absolutely jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody deserved anything out of that organization. Nobody had done anything to earn that. It was just the sheer grace of God. We prospered the way we did. Uh, and But, you know, he felt like he needed to line his pockets with this. And this was years and years and years ago, and we had some come-to-Jesus moments because I don't like greed. I don't like stinginess. If I go into business with somebody, hey, look— I want what is coming to me. I don't expect one percentage point more of that than, than, than what I deserve. If we come up with the idea together and we go into something, then you know what? We're going to split it 50-50. I don't feel like I need 5% more than you do. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, but I do know what you're saying because here's something on you that, that when we talked about this podcast deal, yeah. okay, it, what, you know what made me really trust and like you the most? I want to hear it. You gave trust to me. There you go. People who give trust to others cannot be untrustworthy people because they would never give it. Right Right. away, when we started in this podcast, if we want to be all honest here, you bring a lot more to the table than I do. I don't. don't, No, 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 no. Chad, let's let's be honest. You have a million plus people that follow you. I have about 800, okay? There's a massive difference of what can bring to the table. From day one, you just said, no, no, 50 50. And I was like, no, Chad, I don't think that's right. And you're like, well, I'm not going to do it any other way unless you do it 50 50. And, And then. And then we come into it, and then there's nothing in writing between us. You just say, oh, let's just do it. To me, that's all that I needed because you gave trust. If you're an untrustworthy person, you never give it. Yeah, and I've uh, – it's funny because I've run into people who have done business with you, and they Mm -hmm. say the same thing, and 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 it's like it's across the board. I I got that fun text message this morning from Craig Miller, our buddy over in Tampa, Florida, about an event that happened when I was with him over in Tampa a few weeks ago. And he said, dude, you didn't say anything about that. I "I appreciate you not saying it. And it it wasn't anything bad. It was just, he goes, you know, and I never thought about it, but it never crossed my mind to share it. Again, I I think if you give trust to people, (laughs) you you will. I I, I believe if you give trust to people, you're going to get trust in return. Will you get burned a time or two? Absolutely. But let me tell you something. The relationships you gain from giving trust that give the trust back, those relationships will impact you and be in your life forever and will be such more of impact and overcome the negative ones. So give some trust. Go out there, folks, and be a positive influence in somebody's life. Mentor somebody, uh, impact their life, motivate them, inspire them, 
and when they come away from it, be that person that later on they say, this person made a difference in my life give, for the positive. Give without expecting anything in return. Exactly. One piece of advice. If you're feeling down in the dumps, things aren't going your way and you're getting negative, go give your last $10 to somebody. Yeah. Go give something to your time, and I can promise you, just wait and see how much that brings you up. Yep. Anytime you get down in the dumps, if I go give to somebody, my spirits are lifted. Tried and true, folks. Go out there and do it. Thank you for listening yet again to another episode of Second Shot. Heath, where can we find you? Look, share us with your friends. Give us a rating review wherever you listen. Find me at Ignorance on Fire, Google Heath Oaks, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those good things. Go to watchchad.com. Come out and find me at a live show sometime soon. I promise you, you will leave changed. <laughs> Maybe not for the good. <laughs> but, hey, thanks for listening. Tell your friends about us. Subscribe to Second Shot. We'll see you down the road.